Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.B. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. So I went and saw the Spanish magician the other day, and he was like, uno, dos, and he disappeared without a trace. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the best I got. That's the best wow. magic trick I've, joke I've got. I'm sure, my, wow. I'm sure my Mexican wife will enjoy that one. But speaking of magic tricks... Rob, tell them what song we're talking about and what artist. Magic Month on the podcast continues. This is Magic Trick by The Night Game. Yep, yep, yep. Do you want to see a magic trick? Keep your eyes on me, babe, and I'll blow your mind. Well, they told me to be young and slick. And the back of a black car comes with time. Yeah, you best go stand in line yep, yep. When you're past your expiration date And they look at you like you're some kind of broken toy Gotta pay the price to catch a break Before the shine fades away on this Polaroid Cause I still got fight in me Come on. Ah, yes. All right, so this is a essentially a pretty brand new song. Yeah. We've gotten we've gotten brave in the last little bit even though I, even though I know, listen, statistically speaking, most of our listeners are not listening to this. Yes. Okay? Most of our yep. listeners most of our listeners are at least 30. Mm-hmm. Okay? 30 to like 60 is by far our biggest listenership, okay? Um and so you may not be turned on to the night game and you turned me on to the night Absolutely. game. You Love live it. in Nashville. So you have a pipeline to like cool stuff that I don't know yet <laughs> that hasn't necessarily broken hugely on a national level yet. Right. You have the inside track living in Nashville. So you turned me on to the night game and you're like, dude, have you heard this band, yeah. the night game? Um, and so, uh, and so anyway, we got connected with Martin Johnson, who is the night game. He, it's, it's, it's a, it's a one person band now. Um, and so he is the night game. We're going to talk to him uh, at the end and it's first of all, great conversation. He's a really funny guy, just a very raw conversation. Um, and we're going to, we're, we're going to talk about something else, a, an, a new game that we're going to premiere, uh, in the middle <laughs> of the interview. Hudson but, games. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, when we started putting together Magic Month, you were like, dude, we've got to do Magic Trick uh, by The Night Game. It was the first single off their 2021 album, Dog Years. Um, And so it was the lead single. They released the album. uh, Should I say they or he? It's fine. I'm in my head about it a little bit. It's okay. Okay. All right. So I'll probably just go back and forth. I don't know the pronouns. So they released the album. One track at a time, literally. We've talked before about artists, you know, who will do, okay, here's five singles mm-hmm. a, a month apart, and then here's the whole album, right? Um, John Mayer's but yeah, the yeah, most yeah. recent that does that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And um, so, you know, but this was literally, he released 
every single song, 11 singles, and then went, boom, here's the album. This was the first of those 11 singles, uh, Magic Trick. This is the second album by The Night Game, um, and we'll talk about the first a little bit as well. By the way, this is unrelated. I don't do a fantastic every week, okay? But this is the closest I've this is okay, the closest I've got go. to a fantastic. How you doing today, Rob? Hey, man, you know what? I'm doing fantastic. A little unrelated note here, but you know how sometimes a song comes on the radio and it gets to the end of a song and they'll they fade in the next song. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They cross over and they, sometimes they they fade into the next one and it fits really well. Yeah. It's like I always think about. I've got a friend named Justin Wade who has been the producer um, at uh, or the. Um, what is it? The station station manager, the 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 pro, the program director. There okay. we go. That's what I was looking for at at one of my local radio stations, J one hundred three, for a long long time. And um, I always think when I hear two good songs that fade really well into each other or that fit really well back to back, if they don't cross fade, uh-huh. I just go, ah, oh, good job, program director. Right? Uh-huh. I think about Justin. Um, and so um, so anyway, this morning I'm dro- I'm dropping my kid off at school, and um, you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates comes on, and um, it fades into uh, the story of a girl. Okay. By, this is, that, is the story of a girl. Yes. And it was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was the opposite of perfect. Yeah. Whatever the, like, whatever the opposite of total perfection is. Trash. It was absolute imperfection. There was nothing good about it. The key didn't match. The vibe didn't match. Uh-huh. The tempo didn't match. The the style Era does not match. It was disgusting, dude. So there, you know, imagine with me, and I may just go ahead and cut this into the episode just so you guys can all experience it with me. And just fast forward 15 <laughs> seconds if you if you don't want to hear this. But so he's fading, you know, waiting for, waiting for, waiting for, you know what I mean? Right? That it, that and 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 then it's just in everything is wrong about it, and it just comes in. This is the story of a girl. <laughs> it was awful, dude. It was like, it literally shook me to my core. It was so bad. That's awesome. I was just in the middle of like trying to have a moment with my boy, drop him off at middle school, you know, Lord, keep him safe today, do all the things. And this song, it just took me out of everything my whole life. I had to restart my whole day after That's that. Funny. It was terrible. Anyway, Magic Trick by the Night Game, great song. <laughs> his segues, his transition into his songs flow wonderfully. Yeah, so that's yes, how we tie that in. Yes, the songs that he puts back to back fit all the way throughout. Dog Years, all the way throughout the first project. Um, yeah. I should have gone up and got, I have both copies here. Um, we actually pre-ordered Dog Years. Okay. And so we got the autograph copy sent uh, from Martin and everything. So we we did that. Like We're we're uber Night Game fans, me and my wife both. We uh, saw, and we'll talk about it. I don't want to say everything that we talk about in the interview, but we saw him for the first time open for John Mayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously went to see John Mayer, and right. I was like, this opener is great. Who is this? Yeah. And then we couldn't find his stuff out there, and you'll hear why in the interview. Like it's, uh, But anyway, yeah. So, But yeah, make sure you listen to that, because it's a fascinating story how he got – how he ended up uh, um, touring with John Mayer, like a, an unbelievable sort of fairy tale type story. You won't, you, you won't believe it. Um, okay, so first of all, um, the Night Game, the band, is named after a song. Do you know the song? Go ahead. It's named after the song Night Game by Paul Simon. 
Um, and so let's play a little bit about it. It's a song about a baseball game. Let's take a listen. This is from the album Still Crazy After All These Years. Great song. I, I love that song. I don't think I knew that he was named after this or that they named the band after this. He. <laughs> he, they, there whatever. Yeah. There were two men down And the score was tied In the bottom of the eight. Anyway, not much in common production-wise, <laughs> but... And I guess my research could always be wrong, but that's what my research told me. Well, well, I guess we, we could have asked. We could have asked that as one of our many other questions. Yeah. Uh, okay. In, by the way, in a classic example of me not paying enough attention to the lyrics, uh, this song is one that you'll hear in the interview. You'll hear my brain explode when Martin explains the simple premise of this song, mm-hmm. right? That it's a, that it's a music industry song and it's about, uh, you know, basically, um, you know, trying to please your record label. You know, uh, you can and you'll he- love the way he rapid fires the lyrics. He's a uh, this song is packed full of lyrics. There's yeah. a lot of words, and he's just like blah, 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 yeah. like spitting it like yeah. Amazing. He came fully prepared, right? He kind of micro machines it. Um, uh-huh. But uh, anyway, you kind of hear me go. You hear it click with me, and all the lyrics start f- flooding back. Uh-huh. I'm like, duh, of course. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But I just had not. I just had not analyzed, you know, the song yet. But when you when you listen to it, even not even just lyrically, but when you listen to it production wise, with that in mind, you really hear some interesting stuff. Okay, let me play a little bit of it again, and think about this in the context. Don't even fully listen to the lyric, but think about a guy who has been in the music industry and is now out on his own and and talking about like trying to please, uh, you know, um, trying to please record labels and trying to please executives before the window on his career closes. Okay. okay? Think about this. Listen to the first thing you hear in this track. It's a ticking clock. Yep. yep okay. Yep. Do you want to see a magic trick? And then you've got this verse that is really earnest and simple. Well, they okay. Me to be young and slick. Then you come to this. They tell me to be young and back slick. So let's take it to the chorus, right? And now marry, marry the the lyric to the feel of the chorus here. Okay. Yep. Suddenly we're slick uh-huh. and shiny uh-huh. and pop, uh-huh. right? Like and high, you know, singing anthemic chorus right and he's singing i'll give you what you want i'll give you what you need you know what i'm saying yeah like boom brilliant yeah, dude just brilliant on this it's the cerebralis of modern yeah it's like yeah in it's a like, different way yes it is it's kind of like i'm gonna it's it sort of feels like and i'm not sure if it's sarcastic uh-huh. or if it's like genuine yeah if it's genuine like you know okay maybe this will work you know Uh, what i mean and here's this like i just dude i love it uh songs like yeah songs like love song hook uh industry all these things we know i'm a big sucker for i feel like i've said yep way too many times accidentally (laughs) (laughs) that's all right this is one of those songs that uh, like uh i I love the the vibe of this verse so much and the way that the first line comes in um you know like how many times just sitting around when me and you're hanging out or I do this at home all the time when I'm sitting around and I just go, do you want to see a magic trick? I just love the way 
his voice is right there. And in a few minutes, I'm going to play you another clip that's going to blow your mind about his voice. Okay. okay? We're going to get into some stuff uh, about him, about Martin, uh, that's going to that's gonna blow your mind here in a minute. But um, I just want to say also that the spirit of Phil Collins lives in the drum loop of the verses. That's good. Okay. He gives me, and the gated toms on the chorus too, of course. If you're, if you're thinking like new wave production, you know what I mean? Which is essentially kind of what this is. Um, you, you think of Phil Collins and gated, you know, gated snare, gated toms. Um, but, uh, and if you want in depth on that fascinating story, how that came about, listen to our Phil Collins episode. Um, but listen to this drum loop and think about Take Me Home by Phil Collins. Okay, let's hear this. Yep. When you passed your expiration date. Come on. I mean, it doesn't take far to get to. It sounds weird landing yeah, on the one, on the like one that, yeah, but. over the. <clears throat> anyway, but that's like the the ghost, not the ghost. He's still alive. <laughs> Whatever the spirit of, of Phil Collins uh, animating those droops, the, those droops, those drum loops on the verses. Um, Ironically enough, the last time I saw Phil Collins, his tour was called the Not Dead Yet Tour. Oh, that's funny. So that's n- great. Don't 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 kill him off too. I thin. forget you've seen Phil Collins. Oh man, it was great. He's one of the few that's still on my list. But everything I've heard was like, don't go see him. Now. Yeah, I, I, when I say it's great, if you're looking for, he sat on a stool. Okay, like literally just sat out on a stool and sang his songs. But yeah, I had the time of my life. All right. Um, Son plays drums with him. Yeah, oh, that's killer. That's, neat. that's killer. May we all have that blessing someday. Um, so anyway, if if the question is, do you want to see a magic trick? The answer is yes. <laughs> always. Like, yeah, the always. Whether it's this song or just in general, uh-huh. absolutely. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. I get on magic kicks every few years um, where I just go, I start like, uh, learning card tricks or I'll f- magic shops are really hard to come by these days yeah there but there is one uh tucked away in the woods a couple hours away um and uh I, I don't know do you we might have talked about this before do you, do you care about like magic Kayla loves illusions it. she loves it and I, I'll watch magicians on tv or on uh like shows and stuff and I, I can enjoy it I, I like Penn and Teller that kind okay. of stuff like, yeah I'm into that. Yeah. Okay. Do you go for? Do you have a preference between like comedy magic? Comedy. Is, okay. Is what I like. The okay. Best. So Penn like, Teller, amazing Jonathan. Amazing I think Jonathan. We talked about, we talked about him. Yeah. yeah. Funny magic. Nate Bargatze's dad. I would probably okay. enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like humor mixed with magic. Okay. And then the big reveal, like okay. where it's like comedy all the way through with many bits of magic. Yeah. And then boom. Okay. That's all right. Thing. That's cool. Do you go in for the, the big like? The David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear, not, not or all that really. kind of I stuff. I did like that. Have you seen the the show that came out where it's like the magician secrets revealed? Oh yeah, I love. Those. I like that. Those are I, the yeah, worst for the industry. Not the, not for the industry, but like people in the industry. Oh, they're like hate shut that. up. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So everybody like who I want to kill this masked uh, guy, you uh, know. But then there are also people who say that drives the industry forward mm-hmm. because it makes people innovate beyond these things that they've been, you know, sort of resting on. I, I like that. We'll I like that. Uh, what was the movie? Now you see me. Is that what it was called? Yeah. With all yeah. Those yeah. With mm-hmm. the four horsemen. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and uh, maybe the best magic movie. I might, I might not be thinking of them all right offhand, but what was the, um, the Christopher Nolan movie about the illusionist? The illusionist. Um, not the illusionist. With Ed Norton. That was with Ed Norton. Yeah. That was, they came out at the same time, but that's not it. The, um, the prestige. Okay. The prestige yeah. with Hugh Jackman and, yeah. uh, and Christian Bale. Yeah, we watched both of those like back to, and they're they're both good. Yeah, Kayla loves my wife loves Ed Norton, so we've, yeah, we've okay. watched Eisenheim way too many times. Yeah, 
Um, so my favorite thing, listen, this is a spoiler alert for the prestige, uh, sort of a mild spoiler alert. So skip 30 seconds. If you, whatever, my favorite thing about the prestige is that they basically spend the whole movie telling you that the ending is going to disappoint you. And then they deliver a disappointing ending. (laughs) It's like the, basically the entire premise is once you find out how this works, you're not going to like it. Uh And then the ending you go. You're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, well, we told you. Yeah. Like, we told you the whole movie. You're not going to like this. Um, anyway, that was, has nothing to do with other than it's magic-related. I always loved the, like, close-up magic really gets me, dude. Mm-hmm. Clo- like, I I understand if if David Copperfield is walking through the Great Wall of China, there's some stuff involved mm-hmm. there that, you know what I mean? And that's, like, magic from a distance on a huge scale. I I can I can understand that there's some, like, Things in motion. I'm still amazed by it, but I understand there's probably some machinery, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, some smoke and mirrors, so to speak. Um, and so, but close up magic that, like, if you show me something that blows my mind and I am close enough to touch your face, <laughs> that is next level to <laughs> yeah. me. If you can fool me that well from from close up, I'm just like, bro. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, it, it just really kills me. So I love stuff like that. Card tricks, uh-huh. coin tricks. The, Slot of hands. The, the, yeah, man. Oh, gosh. I, the best trick I ever learned. I learn tricks every few years, and then I and then I just forget them. But the, the best ones I ever learned were like putting a coin through a sealed water bottle, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where it's like, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this water bottle, and then I'm going to rub a quarter, and it's going to be inside the bottle, and then I'm going to break the seal on it. Yeah. And – it's just like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Those things like you just go, that can't happen. Uh-huh. That can't have just happened, but it did. I love, 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 love that. Um, anyway, the uh, let's see. What else? What else? I'm going really all over the place on my notes here, dude. You're good. Um, uh, well, we want to take a break and play Stump the Genius? Sure. Let's do it. Let's break it up. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to stop the genius. I jumped up and take your part. I take your part. Do you want to see a magic trick? Sure do. The um, the seventy three Braves had three players that hit forty home runs. Do you know that? Really? Daryl Evans. Okay. Hank Aaron and Davey Johnson. Oh wow. Davey Johnson hit one hundred and thirty six in his career, and, and four, he had forty in the forty three in that one year. Wow. That's a random sports fact for you for the That's day. Wow. Did we listen? If y'all are listening out there, this is while we're setting up Stump the Genius. Should we we have a brilliant idea for a sports podcast? Does anybody want to hear it? <laughs> you guys want to hear us talk about sports? It's not like modern sports. It would be like a nostalgic sports podcast that is a brilliant idea that nobody's doing, doesn't exist already. I say it's a brilliant idea. I guess that would be up to the listeners. But if y'all want to hear it, let us know. Go to Facebook.com slash great song pod. Maybe we'll throw, or it, throw it Twitter. betweens if we don't do the playlist my life. Oh, this one though, we'd have to do at least at least ninety nine episodes. <laughs> That's right. Uh so okay. all right. Here we go. Stump the genius. Um so stump the genius. Here we go. Let's this do it. hits edition old school. So very first stump a dish stump a dish. <laughs> very first stump the genius we did was a Rupert Holmes episode. Yeah. Now I can say several seasons ago. It yeah. was a couple seasons ago. Um where I I knew the song and I thought you would not know the song. Yeah. Was kind of the premise. Yes. So on this one, I'm trying to stump I'm trying to stump you. Okay. So right. I'm gonna play ten seconds of a song okay. that has the word magic in it. Okay. 
as clue as anything. There's your clue. Okay, all right. And I'm going to know the artist, but I don't, and I'm going to be able to sing the song in its entirety. Okay, wow. So, like, this is one that I know that I can take start to finish and pick it and be good. Okay. And it has to have charted. I have to know it, and I'm trusting that you don't. I think you'll probably get one or two of them, but there's five. Mm. I'm trying to stump you. Am I? Am I? Do I? In order to get a point, do I have to guess song the, and artist? Just the artist. Okay, just the artist. So I'm giving. Yeah, I'm giving okay. you some some uh, some grace there. Okay. Right. And I think the listeners, when I play them, you'll know the artists. So these are popular. I didn't go weird. Okay. All so right. here we right. go. He's charted. Okay. Ten seconds. Let's do it. Game on. But this song charted. Right? Charted. Okay. Ten seconds. That's all you get. Charted high. See, the, okay, the thing with the way that production is now, that could be brand new, or that could be from the late seventies, early eighties. Play it one more time. Like My you, first thought you, was "Beautiful Life" by Ace of Base, but I don't. You give me this, I'm gonna it. know it, and yeah. I'm gonna carry it. And I don't think you will. Ten seconds. There you go. I don't know. Could it be magic? Barry Manilow. Oh, Barry Manilow. Okay. okay. See, okay. it was old. It was old. okay. All right. One for JP, zero for Rob. Round two. Oh, I know this. Hang on. In oh, seconds. no, I don't. Does it have magic in the title? It is, has magic in the title. They all have magic in the title. You just got to get the artist. Dang. Do it again. You're stepping the genius. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to say. Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't play. Coldplay, okay. Call it Man. Man. Okay, anyway. Great. That's from Ghost Stories. Coldplay. Uh-huh. I host a music podcast. Call it Man. Oh, yes. If you'd heard okay. his voice, you'd be Yeah, sick. yeah, yeah. And I, I I know that hook. Wow. Okay. Two to nothing. Wow. Number three. This Mungo Jerry. <laughs> Ten seconds. Oh my gosh! You Play get, it again, you, one more time. You give me that, I'm gonna get it. Y'all are killing me out there. I know. <laughs> this is meanness on purpose. Rob's like, you're too easy. I'll show you. I'll show you with hits. Is that? Um, I don't know, John Denver. That is Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, that is Puff, Puff the, the Magic, Magic Dragon. Oh, my word. Oh, man. Guys, wow. we're crucifying him right wow. here on live radio. Podcast. Well, not live. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Well, here. What you, uh, if you didn't hear Anyway, there we go. Yeah, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Listen, if you want to stump me this bad, just ask me who my kid's favorite superhero <laughs> is. You don't have to go through all this work. Okay, here we go. Number four. All right, that is, that's America. That is America. Rob nailed that before. That is You Can Do Magic by America. Great job, Rob. All right, there we go. We're back in. The, and I tried to give you one towards the end. If I thought, if I said, you're going to get one, this okay. would be the one. This Here we is go. my rope this one. Is, oh, this is 24 karat magic. This yeah. is 24. Okay. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Okay. There we go. And plus, right. we'll send him out with a little hype. Yeah. We'll hear a little bit of it. This song does feel good for sure. Speaking of production, yeah. this is good. Production. Everybody loves a talk box. 
Yeah, some great chords too. It's Trout Man, by the way, from yeah, uh, Roger Tupac. Trout. Yep. From California Love. What y'all trying anyway, to do? There you go. There's a um, when he, the, the line in here about put your pinky rings up to the moon. Um, I thought forever that it was put your stinky fingers to the moon. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't get it. Or stick sticky fingers? Maybe I thought it was sticky fingers. Anyway, all right. Wow, fair, that was his first single since 2013. When he came back, that was his first. Wow, single. really? Yeah. Dang, I guess he had featured on some stuff. Yeah. Uptown Funk was before that, but that was technically a that Mark Ronson, Ronson song featuring mm-hmm. Bruno yep. Mars. Man. Yeah. Anyway, Stump the Genius, good wow. little round. All right, hey, you know what though? I feel like that's how I'm supposed to feel after Stump the Genius, it, like defeated. Yeah, I'm You've supposed been to stumped. Yeah, I need to because it's not a. It's not supposed to make me feel like I actually might be a genius. <laughs> it's supposed to really <laughs> bring you down a level. Yeah. Which I, I, I don't know. I like the positive ones. Anyway, that was fun. Good job. <laughs> We should start doing it like you remember that show Win Ben Stein's Money. Absolutely, I love that show. We should do it where there's something that like there's something on the line that either if you win or a listener, we make some way for a listener to be able to win something that should go to me if I get them all right or if I get a certain uh-huh. percentage. You know what I mean? That if it if it doesn't if I don't hit it, somebody else gets. That's it. That's good. You know I like I mean? that. We'll have to find a way to tie something a like that. Pack in. of baseball, cards. a Magic Johnson ball card. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Okay. I have a game of I have a game of my own here. Okay. okay? And uh, I, we have a game. This is we're going to debut a new game this week, uh, <laughs> and this is probably the only time that we'll play it. Yeah, because it's very specific. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm going to play you a clip now to set up the game and explain explain what's going on. Okay. I haven't even told JP about this yet, uh, so we're going to insert this into the episode somewhere. Um, but we're going to we're going to play a game. And we want you guys to play along. We're going to play a game called What Was Martin Doing? <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I need you guys to, I don't know if we'll even put this before the before the interview or after as, <laughs> as an addendum, but I need you guys, we'll put this part before, okay? Because I need you guys who are listening to listen in, in particular uh, in the part where we're talking about the music video um, Martin is is talking, conversing totally normally. Wonderful in but, the zone, but he's doing something in the background that is it's just it's so there, like you you can't ignore it. The other stuff, you just go, oh, he's moving around. He's you should know, we take guesses? All, like, should we say one or two right now? Yeah, what like, we think it is like. I feel like he was peeling a carrot. <laughs> Good. That's what it sounds that's like to good. me. Hey, I, I thought he was cutting something or yeah, peeling a carrot. Or maybe it's going to be tough to beat. What I, actually what I kind of saw in my head is like um that he just had like a hole puncher and he was just <laughs> going nuts on some paper for no reason that's just great. like maybe just like a nervous tick. He's like, "Yeah, you know while I cut, while I talk I like to punch holes in paper that's or whatever." So that's you good. guys w- when when the interview comes, we want to know what was Martin doing? Oh, um, I, I like the cutting horse hair. It's like not normal human hair. It's like really <laughs> thick yeah. cutting something he's just in there he's not doing like a normal human haircut he's cutting like a, a mule it's hair yeah. it's something where you have to use like the two-handed oh, scissors yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's shears that's two-handed good. brutus the barf barf <laughs> <laughs> brutus the barber beefcake i'm gonna pass out oh i just laughed so hard brutus the barber beefcake not brutus the barf cake <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so the big us, Brutus the Barber beefcake there, shears, there you know what I mean? So tell us what you guys think. <gasps> uh, message us. Martin is, is going to be great. You're going to love this. Yeah, you're so, going to love it. He's so cool. So cool. <laughs> okay, so 
Y'all be ready for that because it's happening in the interview. There's no way you're going to miss it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just funny. I, we didn't care. And I understand that like people, you know, people do stuff while they're on these interviews. They don't just necessarily find a quiet spot to sit and contemplate. Oh, and us. he was accommodating. But, we originally had him set up on Zoom, Zoom yeah. Skype, uh, like Zoom, but the video wasn't, it was, yeah, it was spotty terrible. and audio was bad. So yeah. he's like, let's just do it via, via phone. Let's do our phone, so. yeah. So anyway, that's right. If you know, if we had been on Zoom, we wouldn't have this lovely game because either he wouldn't have been doing whatever he was doing there, or we'd have been able to or see Or we'd have been it. watching it. Yeah. That's right. So, so we've been watching him peel a carrot. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so don't forget to play What Is Martin Doing in the middle of the interview. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Martin, uh, and, then, and then we're going to meet him and hang out for a few minutes. First of all, uh, if you don't know the night game, you might know – uh, some of Martin's previous work, um, either as a songwriter, which we'll get into, or with his first band, uh, a little pop punk uh, uh, troupe called Boys, boys like, like Girls. Girls, man, we uh, boys yeah, like girls. yeah, Boys Like Girls, good stuff. Probably their biggest hit, and we I think we talked with him a little bit about it. Is Great Escape? Great Escape, yeah. Um, so let's play a little of that. Y'all might know this this particular jam. Paper bags and plastic hearts. That's him. Yeah, same guy. All right, let's play this chorus. Now go back and play the beginning of Magic Trick and think to yourself, this is the same guy. Okay? <laughs> right. Just Dude. listen, even just on the range, but also the tone uh-huh. and the, the feel. Play the beginning vocal- of Magic Trick again and just go. Vocal delivery. This is the same vocalist. The uh, Yeah, we, I don't know if I told him, but I made a note here. Like He was the coolest guy on the planet in 2007. And that hasn't changed in 2021. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, dude. He's definitely one of like, he's one of the coolest guys that we, like, he just, it, you know what I'm saying? Like some he people. exudes coolness. Yeah. He just has, he just has this vibe of like, I am who I am and I don't give a crap yeah. what you, you know, like he's just doing his thing. <clears throat> but he is a, he's a bomb songwriter. Okay. Listen to this. So just a few, a few of his song credits okay the most recent single that i know of that he co-wrote would be uh like a lady by lady a which also co-written by friend of the show dave barnes yep that's just a weird coincidence um that's the most recent one that's from this year um and that big song for them but he's written singles these are not just album cuts he's written singles for l king miranda lambert uh, Hunter Hayes, Pentatonix, Flo Rida, Matt Kearney, Gavin DeGraw, Christina Perry, Daughtry, Avril Lavigne, Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Uh, the guy's just a monster writer. He wrote Ariana Grande's debut single, Put Your Hearts Up. He's just all over the place. He co-wrote uh, You'll Always Find Your Way Back Home for the Hannah Montana movie with Taylor Swift. Um, Taylor Swift was in Hannah Montana. No, I'm sorry. He co-wrote that song with Taylor Swift for the, the Hannah movie. Montana movie. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, not to mention he wrote... All the boys like girls songs, like it, it, you know. Uh, I, I mean, even I know the Great Escape, and in the pop punk slash emo genre, that's really saying something. Because my 
my knowledge there is minuscule at best. Can I play my other uh, boys like girls song? That yeah, absolutely. I really like it's. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me get it pulled up. It's JP called... is married to a pop punk princess. Absolutely, y'all. absolutely. We go to. We went on the regular to Warp Tour every year. She introduced me to the the Warp Tour, and we would go on the regular. This is Love Drunk by Boys Like Girls. Mm. This video has Ashley Tisdale before she blew up. Funny. <laughs> Yeah. So it's this sound. This so is so weird. I, I can't I can't marry these two things with this <laughs> being the same person. But it just shows you his versatility though, you know what I mean? Read this this group again it's country it's pop it's hip flow rider yeah. i mean i used to be embracing the upper register yeah But like, Man. even more so, like, I think this is the thing I noticed about him. But we talked about it here a little bit. But like, production is so important for him. Like for yeah. pop punk stuff, this is as well produced as you'll find. Yeah, it's so true. Listening through the night game stuff, you'll really hear this um, sort of uh, new new wave. You know what I mean? This sort of '80s revolution uh, stuff. It's so good. The production is just great. For the for the for the second album, uh, um, Dog Years, it's all him. He handles every bit of everything, um, and and the production is just so spot on. And I, I found a cool quote actually on this record versus the first one. He said, "I was really precious on the first record. I didn't want there to be any sounds at all that weren't made with analog things. Like I wanted everything to be made with analog synths and stuff like that." This time, I just didn't want to take myself too seriously, and it paid off. It's like a pit bull holding onto a stick <laughs> where he just won't let go. What that pit bull wants isn't really the stick. He just wants another throw, but he's holding onto the stick as hard as he can because he's afraid that he's not going to get another throw. It was the same thing for me. That's good. I had to let that ish go. I like that. I, I mean, brilliant, right? Because he's already had like success with another thing. Yeah, and so he's like, I'm just, I just want another throw at this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm afraid his on the first time he's like, I, I'm afraid if I let this go and really do what I want, I'm not going to get another uh, throw. Yeah, yeah. Where on this one, he just, I'm just going to literally do whatever, you know, whatever I want. And so for an artist who has the kind of awareness to be able to go, I, I love talking to people who write for themselves and write for other artists, because I always like to ask them, how do you know when the song is for you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How do you, you know? versus them? Yeah. And so for, I feel like he's really dialed in on, you know, it's not just like, okay, I wrote this for, you know, somebody, but they didn't want it. And so I'll put it on mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes that happens. It's like, okay, I wrote this, you know, for somebody else's record, ended up not making the record. So I'll put it on mine. Uh, this is like, this is, here's my stuff. This mm-hmm. is, this is my, you know, my stuff. Um, I have one more note on the dog years album. Um, 
and I won't, I won't, we don't have to play this, but this is some homework for you, the listener. Okay. Um, the final track on dog years is called a postcard from the city of Los Angeles. Uh, I'm sorry, a postcard from the city of angels. Um, and if you listen to it, it could be a sequel to loving Los Angeles from the Dave Barnes album, golden days. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Golden days, dog years. Golden days, dog years. Anyway, okay. Anyway, that was like a Dick Sergeant, Dick York kind of moment. Uh, but so listen to listen to Love in Los Angeles, which is about a, a breakup where the girl heads to Los Angeles, right? And 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 the hook is, you know, I I hear your love in Los Angeles, right? Like go, I was, go put on my winter jacket and move on is my favorite melody line from this whole project. Oh wow, okay. and it's on that song. Okay, okay. So that so this song, if you imagine. If if you imagine a female singing it back to the singer of the first song, if you imagine, you know, if you imagine that this is a girl singing back to Dave Barnes, it is the sequel to Love in Los Angeles. She's like, it's it's really like actually Los Angeles kind of sucks, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, um, and it's great. I, so to, to me now forever, those two songs are linked. That's good. Um, I like that. As as you know, a part one and part two. I really really love that. Okay. I think that's about all I got on we're, notes. We're going to play the jingle. That's right. Which is the technically meet the band. Meet the band, yes. And we're going to play it, and then we're going to actually let you meet the band. So that's I'm right. not going to do a meet the band section yeah. because it's Martin. It's Martin. So here we go. Let's meet the band, and then let's meet the band. All right. In the meantime, go find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Great Song Pod. You can join the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly, or just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod. And if you want to go the extra mile and be a part of helping us produce the show, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash great song pod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash great song pod. And if you decide to support the show that way, we can give you some goodies, give you some bonus stuff like extra episodes, bonus material, behind the scenes stuff, and other ways that we can can do to try and say thank you. So, uh, all right, let's meet the band and then we'll be back to tuck you in. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Martin Johnson, a.k.a. The Night Game, a.k.a. your new favorite band, and also part of your old favorite band. (laughs) We'll talk about all that later. Thanks so much for joining us today, Martin. Oh, man, such a pleasure. I'm so excited to be on. Thanks for having me, boys. Outstanding. Uh, first off, I gotta I gotta find out. We gotta know. Uh, I know the night game uh, is named after the Paul Simon song "Night Game," right? Which is about um, a baseball game in which a in which a pitcher dies. At least on the surface, it's about that. Are you a big baseball guy? I'm a massive baseball guy. Nice. I, I grew up like massive. Like I started playing t-ball when I was five, and like, and uh, my dad was the coach of my like. A coach of my, uh, you know, when you're playing like in your seven or whatever, and the yeah. kid like it's co- coach pitch coach or whatever, pitch, and yeah, then you go, just after t-ball, <laughs> yeah, coach pitch, and then like the regular. So I was all I was doing all that until like the twelve year old all stars and stuff. I, I got really into skiing and like didn't want to be on the high school baseball team because I wanted to play music and be on the ski team. So okay. there, they uh, it faded to the, it faded to the back, but it was like really how I bonded with my father when I was a kid. We used to go to Red Sox games. Okay, like, that was going to be know, our, fourteen. Man. That was going to be our question: Is what your team? I've been to every major league baseball park, so I'm a huge baseball fan. Me and Robert Braves Whoa. fans, yeah. So yeah. me and Robert Braves guys. So you're a, you're a Red Sox okay. guy. 
So in the nineties, when the Braves were really booming and the Red Sox super sucked, I had, uh, I had, I was like, you know, young enough that you aren't super loyal to your team yet. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, when you, you know, what also was like, the, it was like when it was really fashionable to wear a bunch of random teams hats. Like you remember when that was like a thing. <laughs> sure. So, so I had family in St. Louis. So I had a Cardinals hat and then I had family who, um, was in Perry, Georgia. So like I, uh, so I got really, really down with the Braves for a couple of years when they were rocking and rolling and, and doing their thing. And, and, uh, and so I, I got a little Braves. Also, they were playing them on like TBS or something yeah. on every game. Absolutely. You got every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever you say is fashionable is fashionable because you're the coolest guy ever. Even like <laughs> yeah. what was popular in 2007, you were rocking the fashion. And what's popular in 2020, so you're making the fashion. So if you say this sports team hat is cool, yeah. then it's cool. So totally. uh, <laughs> The world listens. When Martin speaks, the you world know, listens. If you could get inside my head that talks to myself and let me know that I'm cool, that would be awesome. <laughs> because I'm not – because I'm not sure that I am, but I appreciate the perspective. Yeah, no problem. And I'll tell our <laughs> listeners, too, I've actually met Martin at, the, at an airport. Um, just the nicest guy in the world, too. My wife, oh, no- cool. my wife noticed you um, from a distance. I was like, how do you know that's him? We saw, like, the back of your head. And sure mm-hmm. enough, it was you and so kind. So just- I would have loved it if you just said, I actually Mar- m- met Martin at an airport. Total douchebag. <laughs> total, total. <laughs> didn't talk to me. Didn't give me a picture. You know what? Every time somebody says from a distance, I get that like '90s Christian song by Bette, Bette Midler stuck song. in my head. <laughs> from a distance, right. the world looks blue and green. Wow! You know, wow! There we go. The lyrics prep. exclusive on the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> Martin Johnson sings Bette Midler. Um, yeah, come on. Now I do remember you had a Tom Brady tattoo. Are you are you a Pats fan still, or did you go Bucks? So if it's Pats Bucks in the Super Bowl, which way are you going? So uh, unlike unlike the thing about the 90s with the sports team, there's this thing that happens like once you hit high school age and you're from Boston. <laughs> once you hit high school age and from, you're from Boston, you're going to get your ass kicked if you ever root for another team <laughs> other than the Bruins, the Celtics, the Patriots, and the Red Sox. And, you know, you're really not even allowed to like any other soccer team other than the Revolution, which is okay. crazy. So, so – so, you know, I got to stay loyal. Like, listen, you know, I, I, I'm a Tom Brady fan no matter what. You know, I rooted for him in the Super Bowl. I'm not resentful. I saw three of those Super Bowls in person. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so, like, obviously I was rooting for him all last year. I wanted to see him do it. I was super impressed that he did. But week four this year, Sunday night football, Pats, Bucks. <laughs> I, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard, but I'm going to be rooting for the Patriots. Okay. That's great. Well, I promise we are a music podcast. So yeah. thanks for talking sports with us for a little bit. That's <laughs> no, right. dude, I love – well, the, you know what? This thing happens with, with sports, right? So, like, when you grow up idolizing music, you know, and, like, you write songs for other people and kind of, like, are really in the music industry and get offered jobs as an A&R person and all that stuff, this thing happens where, like, all your idols, you realize they're shorter than you and they got weird skin in person <laughs> and they're like a little bit of a funny talking voice. And then like you still like, you know, the players roll out of the they either roll out of the dugout or roll out of like, you know, the tunnel and out onto the football field and there's fire and they look like gladiators. They got the eye black on the shoulder pads to make them look <laughs> big and not human. And you're like, I still I still believe I still idolize, <laughs> you know, and it kind of shifts it shifts over from like your favorite rock star to, you know, and I've seen it happen with a bunch of my boys where it's like, 
we grew up idolizing music and then you just kind of like get too close to it. You've met the Wizard of Oz. You fly <laughs> the yellow brick road. And like, it's some little fucking dude hanging out behind the curtain. Right? Are you really five foot two, Martin? Tell us. The truth. <laughs> that's it, that's it. No, I'm, I'm six two, yeah. but you know, but, but, uh, you know, I got that Viking blood in me, so it keeps me tall. Well, uh, you, you talk about, actually, I'm going to segue. Uh, you talked about co-writing, and I, I do want to talk about, um, you know, because you've had a lot of experience co-writing. Um, and, of course, many yeah, many people know, uh, you know, that you were the front man of Boys Like Girls. Um, and we'll yep. talk about that in a minute also. But in between sort of then and now, you've done a lot of co-writing. Everybody from Avril Lavigne to Taylor Swift, Jason Derulo, even to Lady A., um, what, what are some things that you love and what are some things that you hate about writing with and for other artists? You know, I think it's uh, like the thing I love about it is like, I grew up doing musical theater. So there's like a pretty oh. big, like playing a character thing. Like, you, awesome. And then you kind of, you get to detach from it when I'm making music for night game or boys like girls. I'm so attached to it that like, it almost makes me miserable. I really care. I really want it to be perfect. You know, I think the thing, you know, so it, it, there's a lot more pressure and it's also my story. So it's super vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like I'm, I've always kind of been a storyteller with the stuff that I write for myself as an artist. It's like, it's very story oriented. And so like when I'm writing for other people, I'm telling their stories and not mine, which is kind of a nice break. Yeah. It's a nice break because it's sort of like, it's, it's basically like how, how do I feel, um, about your story, not how do I feel about my life and my story, which can be heavy. Yeah. Um, I think the thing, I think the thing that I like miss when I'm writing songs for other people and like, let's say it's a bigger song and you know, like I love a strut, man. Like I like strutting <laughs> around. So like, so when I see him on, when I see him doing, you know, a big late night TV show with my song or whatever, it's like, crack, you know, I, I wish I could have put on the skinny jeans tonight and have a strut, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know, like, you, you don't really have control over some things. Like, I'm kind of a big control guy. And also, like, I sort of, like, really appreciate every aspect of the artistic piece of, to, of the music industry. So, like, I'll get the album art back from this song I wrote two years earlier. And it's finding, finally coming out. And I'm like, man, this album art sucks. Like, it doesn't match the song. And it's like, you know, whatever. At some point, you got to sort of suit up and show up and like do your thing and like try to be of service to the artist and then detach from the results mm. and be like, hey, man, like I've done my part. Like this was my job. And now I'm going to like let the people decide. And so, so like there's a part of that that's actually a little bit liberating, especially as I get older. Um, there's a piece of that that's pretty liberating because it's like. You know, doing doing the artist stuff. There's a, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it other than just like cooking the cooking the cake. You know, then you got to like you got to market the cake and you got to put the storefront right. You got to make sure that you know you've got the right you know catchphrase. And then you got to social media the cake, and it's like right. it kind of exhausting. You know, and and like when you're just making when you're just like baking in the studio, it's like you're kind of done uh, when it's done. And right. so that's sort of nice. It's like. You know, I'm, I miss the strut for sure, but it's sort of nice also to be able to like sort of detach once it's done and move on to the next thing and not have to spend the next year of your life singing the same song over and over. Awesome. Uh, and you talked about how you're writing other, helping write other people's story. I love the way that L. King delivers your story on Companion, which is on the, on the oh, dog. Heck yeah. uh, tell the story to the listeners yeah. about how she was in town opening for Hart and Joan Jett and how that all came together. I, I, I read the story on it. It's really cool. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. So me and me and Elle wrote a, a couple songs on her first record that was sort of like an arranged marriage that the people at 
some of the folks that I was friends with at RCA put us in the room together. I was a fan of some of the demos that I was hearing before she put out her first record. And I was like, let's absolutely do this. She comes in and she's just like carrying a 40 in a, in a brown paper bag and like a banjo. <laughs> and she's like, she's like two hours late. And she's talking in an Australian accent about how she got kicked out of her boyfriend's house last night. But it was cool because he wears flip flops. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this girl's a f- star like she's a she's a star like this is a bona fide star and and so like we wrote america's sweetheart we 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 wrote america's sweetheart that day and drunk i don't want to go home the next day wow um and this was like in 20 uh late 2013 and um and so uh we became really good friends kept in super super good contact and i sent her companion we were thinking about making it a duet like me and brandon were talking about like hey man like Brandon's my long-term collaborator who co-produced the Dog Ears record with me. And we were talking about like, dude, like we got to, um, we got, we got to find like a, like somebody to sing this, like, you know, sort of other perspective on the same song. You know, it was a song I had written alone and and it was like, you know, it made sense, you know, as a voice talking about like a previous relationship I was in, but I, I really wanted the other perspective. So I sent it to L and I didn't really want to force it around, you know, like I, you know, I felt like our, you know, musical relationship in regards to her music was like pretty important. And I didn't really want to ask her to do something that she didn't want to do. And she freaked out about that song. She was actually going through a breakup at the time (laughs) and she was super bummed out and she could really relate. I mean, she's like super, super happily married and pregnant now. It's like so rad. I'm super stoked for her. But at the time she was pretty burnt up on this one dude. And uh, so she's like, dude, I'm literally going to be in Nashville tomorrow. Like I'm playing, I'm playing a show. And and then the next day I, I hadn't seen her for like six years. She's like I'm playing a show. And then the next day I'll come over and sing it. So she, she basically, uh, we, we, we been to her show and it was super good. And I was really inspired by her as always. And then um, she got in, she got into the studio the next day and laid it down. And it was like, exactly how, like, I'm always so impressed with her in the studio. She's just like, this guttural force, you know, yeah. it's like a guttural force. Like her voice is just so sick and she's such a wild child, man. You know, <laughs> she comes in, she comes in. I don't even know if she's eight. She's got like three monster energy drinks in her backpack. I'm just like, this just, she's so crazy. Um, yeah, but dude, I think she brought, she brought an incredible, incredible voice in. and she really, really believed it. You know, she got in the room and she's like, I really want to say this to the guy I'm dating right now. And, and, um, timing is everything. It yeah, worked no out kidding. good that she was in the moment. Timing timing is everything boys it's everything so yeah so it was good it was it was really really good and beautiful and and then it led kind of to we wrote nine or ten songs the next like throughout that next year for her project and one of the things that we did was reopened reopened drug drunk and i don't want to go home and kind of completely rewrote it and uh and sort of uh reproduced it and had that be um had that be kind of lead the forefront, you know, which was, which was cool to be able to open that back up. I was, you know, some songs you feel like they're going to live in your hard drive till the, till the end of time. And, uh, that was one of them I thought might never come out. And then, uh, and then here we are. That's awesome. I'll tell you, one thing that I enjoyed, I watched your remember this moment, uh, the whole live thing. I watched that and it's amazing watching how much you did with just a MIDI keyboard and drum loops, um, which was fantastic. But the song we're talking about is magic trick. It's actually in E, but I realized you actually play, like um capoed four in open c did you write that that way or how did you write this particular so, track i don't know how to play in standard okay oh. okay so well, there we go 
so I learned the guitar. I learned guitar in standard, and then when I started writing songs, it was never really be about being a good guitar player. It was about like, it was kind of about like, what do I got to do to play chords that sound awesome so I can write? I just okay. really want to write. I want to tell stories. I don't care about being a noodler. I don't care about impressing anybody on guitar. I just want to tell stories, and so. I discovered this open tuning, which is like, you know, like wallflowers, goo goo dollsy kind of thing. Right. And I, and I applied it. I applied it to pretty much every boys like girls song we wrote back in the day. And all the songs I wrote from when I was about 16 on, like I found it when I was about 15. I've never really tuned my guitar back to standard since. So like, so when I write a song, uh, now i basically don't i don't really know how to read music and i don't really know what key i'm in until i press on the stomp box tuner and see what key i'm in okay but i do know but i do know that like if i move the capo around like you know when we do key changes live like there's like four like a bunch of key changes in that song I've back in the van s- on the first record i've seen you, you slide, slide the, the capo, capo. <laughs> i've seen you do that live i was like well okay <laughs> i hate yeah, you can so- do what he wants no, so I just take the capo and I just jam it up two frets and keep it moving, and it's like, hey, it works for me. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, and yeah, so I've gotten pretty decent at playing in that tuning, but you know, there's some there. There's a piece of me that feels like I've sort of plateaued on the guitar, so like I've moved on to write. I, I write a lot now on like synth and stuff. That song I wrote kind of like two acoustic on on acoustic guitar, and I think it was in like I think it was in D, and I was capoing on two for that song. But yeah, it's. It's funny because it's it, the, all the chords are like super standard E chords, and like I'm just like I'm like playing them in this super weird way, but <laughs> it's it's something something that works for me for sure and has for a while. Well, tell us a little bit about the sort of the inspiration for that song in particular for Magic Trick. You know, Magic Trick is kind of like aging in the music industry and sort of what that means, and I, I was a little worried that the you know, it's it's a little bit difficult to find somebody's sympathy, like with the woe is me, you know, when you've had <laughs> some success in the music industry and you're sure. like, but, you know, like, I don't think anything drives me more crazy than when an artist is like on Twitter complaining about their record deal or like whatever, like you signed the contract, like whatever. What happened with the night game, which inspired the song is I was still I was still um, I was still on the Boys Like Girls record deal making the first night game record and. So I I asked to be dropped. We asked to be dropped from Columbia because we felt like after after releasing that kind of strange third record that it would be better like if we either did it on our own or whatever. And so they were like, yeah, but we want to hold the rights to Martin if he does a solo record. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm, I'm probably not going to do that for a while. And then the next year, I was like, I really want to do it. So <laughs> you know, it opened it opened up the can of worms, and it was like time to do that. So. I made the whole record and then it was like, unfortunately, without listening to it, they let me go. Oh, so yeah, they didn't listen to it and, and let me go. They listened to like two songs and then I had a meeting with one of the execs and told them I was super excited about it. And I sent him a Dropbox link and like two, two weeks later, they let me go from Columbia and I, um, the Dropbox link showed that I had zero plays. <laughs> so it was wow. interesting. I was like, okay. All right, I got it. Like that's the that's the state of the music industry. It's it's business. Like, and you you learn you learn quickly. Like, you feel really emotional that you're one of a kind when you're a kid, but really, <laughs> you're like you're kind of a shampoo bottle. <laughs> and so it's like you walk through the shampoo aisle, and it's like which shampoo you know, like 
medical, whatever, you know, like these catchphrase words and whatever's the new sort of like scent is and the fancy bottle is the right. And you're just like, you know, hey, man, I'm a shampoo bottle. So I took the same record <laughs> and I walked it over with a reversion on it. So like it was half owned by a company that didn't listen to it. And I walked it in, into Interscope Records and the guy that signed me left for Warner's two weeks before the record came out. It came out and they let me go after a week. Wow. And so. And so like, you know, about a a month later and it was fine, you know, like, it's interesting. I'm pretty resilient and I was willing to do it on my own and promote it on my own, but there was plans to go to the, you know, radio without field and stuff like that. And that kind of didn't work out, you know, cause it was, I I get it. You know, if if my job is literally just to make cash and, and, and cut losses when losses need to be cut, you know, it's, I get it. You know, they probably were hedging their bets on that song I did with Kygo and, you know, it did its thing. And then they were like, cool, that's enough. Yeah. And um and and I I get it, you know, it's it's all good, but so for Magic Trick it was like um it was sort of like a a song about my relationship with that feeling of being a shampoo bottle. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you know, keep your eyes on me and I'll blow your mind. They told me to be young and slick and the back of a black car comes with time. Like, don't worry, you know, you'll be you'll be in the back of the of the Rolls Royce, you know, in 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 no time, you know. So like and then I'm like, I kind of go into a little bit of a vulnerability, like when you're past your expiration date and they look at you like you're a broken toy, yeah. you know, speaking at speaking about like turning 30 in the music industry. And you've kind of like, you know, it's a toy that's just like, you know, these plastic pieces that sit around the house and finally get recycled, you know, and, you know, got to pay the price to catch a break before the shine fades away on this Polaroid. And then it's like kind of goes into that sort of like Tom Petty-esque simple, I'll give you what you want. I'll give you what you need. Um, even if it breaks my back, like I'll watch, I still got the magic trick. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I talk about like being able to shape shift and sort of what that looks like. I can turn into whatever you want me to be in the shadow of Los Angeles. I'll paint it gold so you can see what you see. And I'll see, you know, and then the last is like, you know, sort of the depressive sort of like, don't worry, I'll move to the mountains and you. And it's like, you know, if you ask <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to see a magic trick? If you ask ask me nice enough, I can I can disappear. You, you know, I built the castle brick, brick by brick, but I'd burn it to the ground if it make you cheer, and you'll have a fresh faced cowboy next year talking about the next shampoo bottle. So it's sort of like you know, it's 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 a little bit like it's it's a little less. It's it's sort of open to interpretation, which is what I was trying to do with the song. It can be applied to a relationship. It can be applied to a job. For me, it was applied to the process of making these you know, my previous three records and what that felt like in the shadow of kind of like, you know, they talk about big pharma, big media, big, whatever in the, in the shadow of big music um, and kind of like, you know, corporate algorithm based data (laughs) and sort of like, you know, if you don't fit on a playlist, you're pretty disposable. And so, you know, and, and the, and algorithms decide what people like, um, but if you know if you don't sound exactly like Machine Gun Kelly, then you're probably not going to get on a playlist. So it's you know it's 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 an interesting time. The thing that's really really amazing about the music industry right now is it's the wild west. Anybody can break, and you can break off TikTok, you can break off YouTube, you can break off this thing. The thing that's scary about the music is it's based on computer algorithms. It's not based on humans and what their choices are and what they think people will love, and then the people reacting to those in a certain way. So it's. It's interesting. It's like really, really free, but at the all time, at the same time, is extremely restricted. Well, I'm so, so glad you pushed through and made the. F- I, I feel like it took forever to get the first album, what I call the first album, out because I heard you like, like I said, with with John Mayer in 2017, and then I was like, yeah. it took forever to get the album out. What felt like so. I'm so glad that you 
pursued. That was because you know what's funny about that is that that the album had was done and it had been wow. done that whole time. That was that was that was you know I, I had to walk through kind of getting the new record deal. Like I was in I was in talks with you know with the with the other record companies and trying to figure out okay let's give this record the best shot. Like I worked on it for three years and so it got tied up for it got tied up finished mixed mastered done for like almost two years yeah man well it was sitting sitting in the wings it was the most play at spotify at the end of the year it was my most played for 2019 can can verify that that makes that makes that makes my day thanks so much for and i run a music podcast so there you go there we go there we go boy there we go boy i'll toss up in terms of the video the recording the bowling alley and the church is that in the same town where was that recorded at so i grew up in a town uh, I, uh, up in up in super northern Maine in the Lakes region, and it's like forty five minutes away from a town called um called Rumford, Maine. Rumford, Maine is like you know one of these towns that like got sort of buried by big business. Like it used to be a town that was like vibrant. It's a paper mill town, and now when you go up, it's like it's like kind of like you know the, the the walmart and whatever and the target comes in and then like all this like town becomes like sort of ghosted and uh you know this classic sort of american lost american dream in this in these industrial towns that were really booming in the 50s mm-hmm. um you see it all across america and so a bit a bit of it was in the town i grew up in in maine and uh i were because i i filmed it when like it like the world was sort of locked down my best friend from high school and um and the guy he used to uh do a bunch of film stuff with brandon and dan gillen they they came up and uh i was like like quote unquote quarantined in maine like like everything was still closed uh-huh. and so uh, i was really friends really good friends with the local chorus director and the she like does the kids um does like the kids uh like the schools were all shut down but like you know like is the like school music teacher or whatever right so i uh i called her up and i was like yo if we can get into the theater and the bowling alley and whatever while it's shut down and like just like there's three of us and like do this filming thing like we'll be we'll be internally grateful so they like you know left the keys out front for me and like whatever and like you know made sure nobody was near and you know we were like all right we'll like make sure there's a sanitation crew after whatever everybody's still super freaked out and uh yeah we were able we were able to shoot the whole thing for like essentially free based on that's favor awesome. from this like small town i grew up in that's cool that's handy that is very handy um i i gotta ask because i think you're the only person unless i've missed something i think you're the first person that we have interviewed uh who has performed on trl which has oh, is yeah. kind of a cultural <laughs> phenomenon that like is sort of you know like three times dude like i remember when great escape went number one we were like on on like a weird video chat pre-zoom live on trl trying to find a stable connection backstage at warp tour so damien <laughs> Damien, the dude who took over for Carson Daly, could like crown us number one. I get one of my favorite <laughs> m- moments in my musical journey. I grew up watching the boy bands and Corn and on sh- TRL. Right, and exactly. Tom Tom Green's Bum Bum song <laughs> yeah. <hit> number one. <laughs> yeah, but we have the photo booth. We, you know, like they they had that TRL photo booth that, like, you know, you used to see Jesse Camp, the big dude with the hair, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Jesse. So. 
Yeah, so like we we got in the photo booth and did our thing in the photo booth and all that stuff, and it's a pretty it's pretty cool. It's sort of like definitely bucket list. We played it twice, and awesome. you know it's funny. I have like positive and negative memories. The problem is with how I was back then is my voice was still changing, so I like was eternally scarred because we when we played the Great Escape, my voice cracked so bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, I mean that's what happens when you're 18 and like your 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 gusto and like your libido is like, dude, I'm gonna sing the highest note I possibly can, <laughs> exactly. and everybody's gonna love it. And then you start touring it for six weeks, and you're like, actually, I can't hit this note at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's drop it. Everything down a half step. Yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I completely forgot. Yeah. I, I went back and watched Love Drunk. I forgot that was Ashley Tisdale in the music video. Oh, funny. Oh yeah. yeah back that's in great. The day. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Hundred percent. What what's been your general reaction from fans who knew you from Boys Like Girls and who you know diehard Boys Like Girls fans? Now you come out a few years later with it with the Night Game solo project, and it's a it's it's a different vibe. It's a decidedly different you know. It's sort of a um, new wave retro kind of thing that is it's incredible, the, but it's, it's different. The, it's the same thing without chug chugs, and you know it. <laughs> Just no chug chugs. That's great. Minus chug chugs. Got it. It's the same thing without <laughs> shows you know it. what's been your reaction um, from from, from no, fans who followed it's you been re- it's been really really good honestly it's been really really incredible but i've been like even the guys in the band they'll come out to the shows and sing along and like be so <laughs> stoked like that it's been uh it's been so so it's been so great like to see it you know like it's funny because when i when i was like a like when when you love something in your formative years like love something in your formative years it's really really hard to like new music from that artist because you really just kind of want them to do that thing that you fell in love with when you were 16. Sure. So like, like just do that. Like, I just want you to do that. And it's like, it's interesting is, you know, you know, you listen to, you know, new songs from the wallflowers and you're like, I just want to listen to one headlight. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, so I was a little worried and I was actually really blown away by um, kind of the suspension of, of like, territorialness that i was expecting to feel i was expecting like i was almost a little worried like on the first record cycle i i didn't show my face for like i didn't show my face or say my name and it was part of the reason that i put it under a surname under under the night game instead of just calling it martin johnson was yeah. like i i i wanted to separate um and have it be so like when john mayer heard heard the song um there was absolutely he's heard on new music friday and there was absolutely zero connection between the fact that i was in boys that girls or that i was a songwriter producer for other people yeah he just liked the song and then invited me on tour yeah not knowing not knowing that like literally thinking i was some kid and this was my first song i'd ever put out (laughs) so there there was there was a power in that i thought because it it was able to like separate it early so by the time that it was discoverable i wasn't like it wasn't like Googleable thing where it was then like, I don't know, you know, people are like, well, I just, I just want to go back and listen to Hero Arrow and the Gridscape and I don't care about this. Right. You know, so, cause I know I'm that way. I, I'm that way. You know, like when there's new music comes out, it's like, it'll just like, because 
I have these music. It's so attached to memories, like really important memory memories in my formative years. Like for all intents and purposes, the great escape isn't my song anymore. Mm. It's not about me. It's about whatever memory that person had when they were 17, watching it on TRL or being in the car with their crush and the windows are down and they're so excited. It's really not about me anymore. It's like not really my song anymore. It's kind of like the people's song, you know, it's sort of like after 10 years, when you have a song that's a little bit of a cultural moment, it's like just really no longer yours. So it's like, you know, I I uh, I was a little worried about it, and I was really really happy to see the reaction, and people kind of really embraced it with wide open arms. I was really worried, you know, people screamed screamed for me to play, you know, the certain songs <laughs> like at the shows, and there hasn't really been any of that. So I was like, you know, the guys in BLG are my best friends, so I, I you know like, I don't really want to stomp on stomp on that. Like I want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to do the do the like you know the thing where i sell tickets by the fact that i'm going to be playing hits from that too no like look, yeah. you can wait until blg goes on tour you right. know it's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. good like <laughs> you can wait and so you know I, I was happy to see that people were just as receptive to just seeing you know it's just just about the night game stuff and that's cool yeah, I'm, I'm glad I read that you and Paul are still close, and that's good. I know he's done all kinds of stuff for everybody, from Dan and Shay to Adam and Taylor Swift, Adam Hambrick and Taylor Swift. So I'm glad to see that y'all are yeah. close. And that video of the outfield makes a lot more sense now when you're just walking with your back and the jacket, the red jacket. I was like, that makes sense now why you went with that angle now that you told that story about not showing your the face. Outfield, the outfield was 100% like I didn't want to show my face. Yeah, like I never – I wanted to be – completely completely mysterious and i wanted it to be like just about the song and so that was the only way i was really excited that Devin hines was into doing it that way and like finding a way to keep it interesting yeah you know somewhere in between somewhere in between that like bittersweet symphony video where he's walking through the studio bumping into everybody and like something completely different and we use the walking as a through thread for because that holds a lot of emotion especially in a cityscape like that so um you know, I, I it, but it was definitely the intention was to keep mystery and to hold mystery. Well, that's awesome. We were going to talk about uh, releasing dog years and installments, but we'll save that for another day. We got one question that we ask everybody. and then Although we'll you let, do need to yeah. know, I'm going to interrupt JP okay. here. You need to know that JP is a big enough fanboy that he's actually got, he's sitting in front of the pre-order, oh, yeah. the signed pre-order oh, yeah, of do. Dog Days. Yeah. I, I do have Dog Years. Yeah. I do have the signed copy of the Dog Years. I pre-ordered yeah, it sure. as soon as I heard it was coming yeah, out. Yeah, boy. So, so we did everything. So, um, that's what I'm talking about, brother. That's the best. <laughs> well, we uh, it's one question we ask everybody. So you're on tour either as the night game or boys like how, whoever you're on tour with or solo project, whatever, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of your answer, I'll give you mine. Um, I would yep. get I would get a Three Musketeers bar because when I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces, and they're all the same, uh, about the same price. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Okay, I have a couple. If it's Bucky's in Texas, oh, it's fantastic. the Beaver Nug- It's it's the Beaver Nuggets. Yeah. Okay. If it's if if it's anywhere else, it's um. If it's anywhere else, I'm like. I like like caramel popcorn, oh, but I beautiful. also I also eat orange Tic Tacs like like they're actually a food. Okay, so I'll, buy, awesome. so I'll buy three packs of orange Tic Tacs and I'll eat all three in their entirety. That's amazing. <laughs> that's great. That's a that's, new one. Yeah, that's, we've heard some yeah. some weird ones, but you take the cake with that one. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'll eat all the, all the orange Tic Tacs and, and crush them down, but. Man, if you got a Bucky's for me and we we can hit those beaver nuggets, like the weird like cornmeal with like caramel all over them, like yeah. 
Man, Bucky's is like an, it's like an airport. I mean, it's it's right? just a whole experience unto itself, isn't it? It's absolutely out of control. I was marveled. The first, I, I never went in the BLG days, so I was like, we were in the van doing a we were in the van doing a night game thing, and we stopped at a couple, and I was like, this is heaven. I'm like, <laughs> Amazing! It's like red redneck candy store. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mark. This has been a blast. So, yeah. uh, oh man, thank you, boys. We've really enjoyed it. All right, thanks, boys. Man, thank you. Have, Have a great, great day. All right, amazing. Cheers. This is the Great Song Podcast. Martin Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. yes. The raw, real deal. That's right. I just feel like he. I'd say, I, I honestly. I think when we first started Zooming with him, he was wearing a shirt, but I don't think by the end of it he was wearing a shirt. Or any, he might just had no pants. That might have, he might have been in socks. That's true, yeah. <laughs> he might, he, honestly, he might have been cutting his shirt up. I think he <laughs> maybe took his, took his shirt off and cutting it up. Let us know, what do you think what, Martin yeah. was doing? Um, I, I really want to know. This will be probably the first. I'm, I'm not sure if we'll get the opportunity to interview really any more Martins where we could play this game. Do you, can you think of any more Martins we might interview in the future? I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. If it if it arises in an in an interview, yeah. we'll find a way to play the game. Right? What was yeah. so and so doing? Because uh, we can't. I don't think we can go back. Well, maybe we can go back in time with Martin Page. Yeah. And and see. What is Martin doing? We could just play the game. It doesn't have to be a sound. We could just guess. You know what I mean? Hey, what's Martin doing right here? You know what I mean? We'll get Martin Short. He's, we'll get yeah, that's right. We'll get Martin Short and uh yeah, uh, Martin Sheen. That's it. And that's uh it. yeah, there we go. Once we that's the for the movie podcast. We'll we'll get those. All right. Anyway, I we're we're off the rails here, kids. What's the uh the the TV show Martin? You remember it? Martin Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence, Martin. there you go. I don't know, I couldn't think of his last yeah. name. <laughs> We'll Martin do a Lawrence. we'll do a bad boys episode. There you go, and yeah. we'll get we'll get Martin Lawrence. On. I actually really love the bad, bad boys, boys two soundtrack. Right? The, the, the first bad boys first soundtrack I listened to a lot. Uh, it had um, I think it had here comes the hot stepper by Ani Kamosi, and yeah. uh, you remember that one? No, I don't know. Really? Uh, maybe that was from maybe that was here come the hot stepper. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It definitely had some Ani Kamosi. Maybe it wasn't hot stepper because I feel like that was from Preda Porte. You remember that Goodness movie? Credit Porte. I think it was what a Julia heck? Roberts thing, and it kind of bombed. No. Credit Porte parentheses ready to wear. That's probably what probably why, why I remembered it. it had parentheses, parentheses in it. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Um, do you dro- like that song? Rob dropping the. I like that song. Yeah. Rob dropping the right. deep knowledge. I used to hate it, but I'm not sure I do anymore. I don't mind it. All right. Anyway. Uh. All right. We'll be back. We gotta. We gotta end this thing. We gotta land this plane, y'all. We'll be back next week with another great Something song. Something else that's magical. That's right. More magic. The magic continues all month here on the Great Song Podcast. So we'll be back next week with another magical song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>